Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Lazy Geeks Podcast, a podcast where two geeks talk about living in an adulting world and the world needs to deal with it. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. fans trained on me right now <laughs> i can hear them yeah yeah i know my when i tr- when i do the noise reduction my voice always comes out a little echoey in the background but i oh, i don't i don't care no I no, can, no i can just hear i could hear that you had them going yeah fuck it it's the summer like, yeah. like and it, if it, anyone complains excuse me the the audio quality isn't up to par <laughs> where i can hear your background but they don't listen okay it's hot <laughs> exactly it's hot it's humid don't give a fucking shit. I have my ceiling fan on, but I don't think you can hear it. It's a pretty quiet fan. Nah, mostly any anything I hear is usually out in your hall. <laughs> yeah. I gave up. There's too many people in the house. And it's it at this point, it's really not fair of me to go, excuse me, every Sunday night, be extremely quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could it's like ju- whatever. You could just, they show up, they show up. It doesn't matter. You just, you know... Nobody comes over, and then with the family, you just put a little extra shit in the in the dinner. <laughs> knock some Dyquil in there. Yeah, put some, knock, <laughs> knock him the fuck out. Put some Benadryl in there. Make him. I don't know why I'm so. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's amazing. My youngest quiet. one time, because I said, um, I said I'm gonna record so everybody be quiet, like joking around. And my youngest goes, um, "We don't record a podcast every Sunday. Why do we have to be quiet?" <laughs> And I was like, that's an excellent point. <laughs> Just walked away. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, you know, I don't beat your ass every Sunday, but it doesn't mean I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> eh, All right. Yeah, I, I was, what is it? One kid, uh, one comedian said one time, he goes, yeah, he goes, if I have a kid, I'm going to buy one of those twin strollers 
put my kid in, in one of them and walk around the mall looking around, you know, <laughs> you know, you have the, the twin, the twin seated. Oh yeah. You, know? you just put yeah, the kid in one, one of those. and then have the other one and just keep running, walking around the mall. Like I'm looking or he goes, I raised my kid, tell him, you know, you had a brother, but he didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> those things are fucking, um, amazing. Those double strollers, like it's amazing how easy they are to move around. Like they're a wonder in engineering, really. They're just they're very well built, easy to fold up. Like, just, they're really cool. Oh shit! You had to be careful in L.A. because um, when we were here in Arizona, I used to leave that. I used to leave it like um, in the store. Like I wouldn't fucking just leave it and bail, but I wasn't always holding on to it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then like the second day in LA, we were pushing it and I was off to the side and I wasn't facing it, but I, I did have my hand on it. Mm. Like on one of the straps. And someone walked up and tried to take it away from me. Jeez. And I I turned around and I go, Can I help you? And they just they just looked at me and then walked away. Well, it's funny. <laughs> LA has the coolest criminals because when they when you catch them, they look annoyed. <laughs> well, like yeah. you've done something wrong like oh yeah <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> yeah because you fucked up their flow you know that's, that's what happens how dare you not let me steal your things <laughs> you know that's very inconsiderate of you right <laughs> what was it um it was a long time ago and it was it was in los angeles it was uh somebody like fought someone who broke into his house and I think he roughed him up pretty good, and the 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 thief sued him mm. for for hurting him. I'm all bitch. If I'm ever president, <laughs> one of the if you enter someone's home and they can do whatever the fuck they want, like that's their home. Well, you don't. Know, you know it's no. it's funny because like you know most people that are idiots, you know, sit there and go like, we could be in California would they, they allow you to go ahead and, you know, take whatever they want and then they can sue you. It's like, there are instances where that happens and that never works. Um, but in California, if a criminal enters your house, you have every right to shoot them. And, and yeah, what is it? You just can't shoot them in outside. the back. You can't, you can't, and you can't shoot them like outside your house. They have to be in your house, and you can't. It's like every other state. Yeah. Every state's the same. Yeah, but they always like try to single out. It's like, oh, no, in California, you can do that too. Cause some guy tried to pull the AR 15 out on a couple of dudes hanging out on the sidewalk. Cause I guess the guy parked in front of their house, you know, on the curb, and his buddy came out and they were just talking out there on the curb, and he told them to fucking get out and they're like bro we're out here in the street like you can't you know it's like your property line ends on the other side of that sidewalk you know and he came out with an ar-15 threatening to shoot them and then when the cops came he cried um self-defense that they were threatening him and they're like well where you know where is his weapon where are their weapons he goes well they weren't they were threatening me verbally and he goes and you came outside with an ar-15 they hurt my feelings so i got my rifle yeah. I was like, what the fuck and because he was actually he because they're like well you went out of your house so they arrested him for <laughs> well that's what gets that's what gets people in trouble a lot too is um escalation huh. where somebody says hey you're a bitch and you pull a piece out like you're not trying to you're not trying to get away from the problem. You're trying to make it worse so you can have an excuse to shoot somebody. But yeah, California gets some, what is it? The three states 
California, Florida, New York. Those are the three states that get blamed for everything. All right. Because they because they're California, New York, and Florida. <laughs> well, Florida gets blamed because well, it's Florida. You know. Florida see, Florida I feel bad for because Florida's just as fucked up as every other state. But they have a weird law where yeah. everything needs to be reported. Yeah, everything See, everything that happens police every wise. Meth they, head, every yeah. everything. Yeah. You and, know, uh, and, and like all that shit happens everywhere. It's just we don't report it. <laughs> we fucking keep it quiet. I still remember our first show where you talked about that meth head in the junkyard. <laughs> yeah. In Florida. <laughs> in, <laughs> no, it wasn't California. Oh yeah, it wasn't California. Yeah, it wasn't California. And uh wasn't that uh that psycho beauty pageant chick? I think that was also one of your douchebags of the week. She was like yeah. in New Mexico or something like that. Or she was. <laughs> hey, I'm still gonna say it though. She was kind of hot, right? <laughs> Maybe for one night I put up. <laughs> Twelve years later, still kind of hot. <laughs> the only, the only stereo, and every, and most stereotypes are based on some form of fact. The only stereotypes of both New York and California that I have seen firsthand is the superiority complex. It's not as bad as people make it out to be for either state. But when you get there, people do think they are the bee's knees. Like, they, it's the best state in the country <laughs> for both of them. And it's kind of it's cute, you know, I guess. You can't really hate it on somebody for enjoying where they live. You know, it's like, cool. I mean, I'm happy you're happy. But I, I remember um, New Yorkers are the New Yorkers are aggressive about it. Like, if you're like... Um, New York's the greatest state ever. It's like, well, then fuck you. New York's like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, I apologize. <laughs> but I had a lot of young cats that I work with in California, and they were like, they their their notions of other states was weird. Like, they just thought other states were just like these horrible places to be, and California figured some secret out. And I'm like, no, I mean, we're all shitty together, you know? Speaking of uh, shitty, a lot of fucking people died this week. Like, like we were talking, like when you mentioned, I only remember three. Yeah, like when you, when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, no, there were a lot of people. Like, obviously, today of this recording, you know, Nichelle Nichols, Star Trek passed away, natural causes, which I guess is good, you know, as long as it was, because a lot of people are fucking like dying of cancer and shit like that. And well, didn't she have dementia or something? Yeah, she had. She had reduced her con appearances lately and stuff like that. She's uh, eighty nine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and then it's not. It doesn't hurt as much when they're older. Yeah. And then fucking Bill Russell. Um, My man, Bill Russell. Bro. <laughs> I know. I was like, you know, like, I mean, you sit there and go like twelve or eleven NBA titles and like five MVPs. Five MVPs. You know? Bro, Bill Russell was the shit. Dude, and I'm, you see, you see now you can see him too because they had some highlight reels up, and he he was so fu- so he was um seven ten he was looked so tall especially back in the sixties because he was playing with mostly white guys they hadn't they hadn't switched over yet <laughs> <laughs> and he he didn't even look like he was running compared to everybody there he just lumbering over and he didn't let nobody get a shot right bro. right but one of the greatest things about him was um. He wasn't a showboat. Man. You know, he'd pass if that's what would get the, the win. He didn't care. There's a lot of games where he made no points just because he was rebounding all fucking day. And it's funny, too, because, like, when we were talking about that and I saw all that, I'm thinking, like, fucking, I mean, 
you know, Michael Jordan couldn't catch up to him. And let's not even talk about LeBron. LeBron could only in his wet dreams think about being <laughs> anywhere close to fucking Bill Russell. You know, not to mention that Bill Russell was a team player, not an e- e- egomaniac that, you know, LeBron, we're that witty, so I'm not going to play. Fuck off. And you know my, my problem with LeBron James is, is he is an amazing basketball player. Yeah. And you watch his early his early on stuff. He did some crazy shit, and he but the he got full of himself, yeah. and he now he he, he barely belie- tries. He believes the hype. You know. He believed his own hype. I think I read that he makes thirty seven, thirty seven million a year or something. Yeah, to play for the oh yeah because they were comparing um that LeBron James makes more money than the entire WNBA, and someone someone put that on Twitter and said how it's like gender inequality i'm like no it's no, because it's he business. makes more money than the entire wnba yeah, well, like the, he generates revenue <laughs> well i mean also a laker game generates more revenue than the entire yeah oh, and people were dragging that shit like i kind of felt bad for it. like i i know you want the wnba <laughs> to be big and listen it's all about viewership if people don't want to watch it people don't want to watch but the, it the thing is too is that and and i hit two people up with this when they were talking about the nwa i go well i go what you know, where are you watching these games? And that's where they went silent. Yeah. It's like going, yeah, you're not watching. That's why they're not getting that money. When, I told, I but told when one. you have, but like, you know, like when I was, when the uh, women's ba- uh, soccer team, the Olympic soccer team was foot fighting for, for, for more money. A lot of people were trying to drag them too. But then you come to find out that they were actually making more money than the men's yeah. you know soccer team because like, they're the shit yeah and it's like then they should be making more money <laughs> that's just how it's supposed to work like some someone um someone a long time ago told me well no one want the wnba doesn't have an, enough viewers because men refuse to watch female athletes i said there's more women than men yeah i said where are the women i don't see women watching them either it's like well there's more male um basketball fans i said so basically men need to follow your 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 paradigm here but women can do whatever the fuck they want fuck off yeah basically if you want the wnba to succeed go watch it buy (laughs) tickets you know like do do what you have to do the nba is on cruise control they don't need they don't need any help because the wnba has never been profitable the only reason it exists is because the nba pays for it yeah that's what I was explaining to uh, that chick. She got all pissed off. Like, it has nothing to do with if they're talented or not. I personally find WNBA games a little more boring because they're a little less showy. They don't dunk as much, you know, that kind right. of shit, you know. But they know how to play basketball, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that one that's, um, that we're trading for the fucking, you know, kingpin or whatever. <laughs> the merchant of death, yeah. She's really good. Not good enough to give the merchant a death for, but you know she's right. good. <laughs> well, well, you know, back to the the people that that died. The um, the lady that played the voice of Ursula in the Little Mermaid, um, she passed away. She was ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, one, two, two of my favorite actors. One was a Doctor Who actor, Bernard Cribbins. He played. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he played Donna's father in, in um, Doctor Who. He passed away, which was interesting because he passed away, but like a couple of months ago, he was actually filming stuff for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. And so he passed away after this, so that'll be his last thing. And the cool thing about him is that his 
his first foray in Doctor Who was a Doctor Who movie that he did with, um, I think, Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin of Star Wars, when he did a movie with it, and he was one of the companions. And um, one, and I know you know this dude, David Warren, who was a character actor, um, but he played in Star Trek. He played uh, the human, um, the human ambassador in Star Trek Five. That um, was mind controlled by um, by Cybok. He also played the Klingon Chancellor in Star Trek Six. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and most notably, there are four lights. <laughs> oh, I remember. I for some reason I forgot about those those two, those last two. Yeah, quite a few people died this yeah. week. I was like, what the? What is this? It was like, it was one of those of like, this is the cutoff. If you're gonna go, you gotta go now. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like the only the only thing that isn't as depressing though is that they were all pretty up there in age you know yeah but the it's thing more, it's but it's more of it's more of the 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 idea of um it's more of the um the oh we liked these people and that's always sad when it's people that you liked you know that that's yeah, what fuck I, people we don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> they could die all they want yeah i mean i you know people that i don't know or people that i don't like but it's like all right cool but it seems like you know, as as you know, they always say the good die young and the old and the um, evil. So they may have been evil people. We don't know, and they lived to ninety five. You know, but you know, it's one of those we don't except know. For, except for a horror, yeah, Michelle Nichols, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> those legs weren't evil. You feel me? I'm being oh. disrespectful. I'm being disrespectful. <laughs> um, yeah, quite a few. Um, what did I what did I say that as we get older? people that we know now are dying <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know well, so it's like, it seems it's, like it's, it's like that it's like that meme you know the um you know when somebody says 20 years ago you think of quantum leap but actually 20 years ago was yeah. enterprise and it's like yeah that sucks um but i saw that the one that hit home for me was they said um what you think a 20 year old car looks like and it was like a early 80s fucking ford and that what it actually looks like and it looked like my car and i was like okay <laughs> yeah, i was like god damn it that's where you're like okay you know what that's unfair <laughs> i mean my car's in 2013 but still there wasn't much innovation with normal cars in the 21st century yet um but yeah, I I just thought that shit was funny because I because I was I was looking around. I was I really like the way cars looked in the eighties, which I know is weird because most people don't. Um, and I was thinking about maybe trying to get one, and then I had to do that quick math. I was like, oh Jesus, I'm getting a vintage car at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like been like a surreal week. So, like. So is like Batman coming back? Like Ben Affleck coming back as Batman now? I think Yeah, it, they weren't they didn't even want to announce it, but the some tour group saw him walking in with Aquaman. Yeah. Um, and it couldn't be like, oh, he's just visiting. You know, it's like, oh. I mean, it it kind of to be honest, I didn't even think about it because it made sense. Like if if the Flash movie is supposed to be a Flashpoint thing, um it kind of makes sense that he would be there. I hear he's only there for like a flashback scene. Well, from what I've been hearing is um, so according to what I've heard. um, So Bruce Wayne and Aquaman are supposed to run a train on on Wonder Woman, um, which I'm there for. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, from what I've heard is that 
originally Keaton was supposed to make a cameo in Aquaman. They said, but that was based on the Flash being released before Aquaman. But now Flash was pushed into next year. And it will come out. I hear people like, if it comes out, it will come out. $200 million is not going to sit there on the floor to just kind of grow the show. Just because fucking Amber Heard's in it for fucking three minutes, we're not going to cancel the whole movie. Like, who cares? No, they're talking about Flash. Oh, my I, bad. I yeah, yeah, Flash. yeah. But um, so apparently Michael Keaton was supposed to have a cameo in there because it's supposed to be a result of, of Flashpoint. But because that didn't happen, they're supposed to bring in Bruce Wayne or bring in Ben Affleck. And um, so that's kind of the thing. And, you know, everybody's kind of like, you know, well, for a guy that says he doesn't want to play, he's done with playing Batman. It's like, oh, hey, well, can you come in for the? All right, you know. But it's like going, it's you know, he likes to direct his own stuff. He likes to do you know smaller movies and stuff like that. But you got to do what you got to do. You got to bring it. You got to do the Orson Welles bit. You got to do the the big money stuff. <laughs> so then you can do the smallest. That's why Michelle Williams did uh, you know, um, Venom. Those two Venom movies. Because everybody was like, why are you doing like Venom? And she did like The Greatest Showman and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, because she was just a really good, strong indie actress. And she's like, well, I have two kids. And, you know, they're getting older and I have to have money for, you know, for school and stuff like that. So I love how, I love how it's like these big blockbuster films are kind of considered like trash. Like, why are you doing that well, movie? <laughs> I, I, the funny thing was, is the funny thing is, is, I thought the same thing when I saw Michelle Williams was in Venom. I'm like, why is she doing it? Because she had done like My Day with Marilyn and she's done all these very, you know, small indie flicks where, you know, you really saw her as an actress and everybody's like, you know, it's kind of like, a, why are you like, almost like, are you okay? You know, why, why, is, are this, you, why are you? Why is this actress? <laughs> mixing with the rabble yeah you know, you know and it's kind of like well, why is she doing Jesus. almost like you know do you need help i got 20 bucks in my pocket is that going to help you out like nah, she you don't need no help doing them big budget flicks i'll tell you right, i'll tell you that much right now but i'd be doing that shit too i'd be the next nicholas motherfucking cage out here i'd do every movie you gave me i would not give a fuck if they, if they cut these million dollar checks dude come on bro but yeah it was it's just i remember that and i think i remember you know i said that and i told my, um, John, because he wanted to, he watched the first Venom movie, and um, he goes, uh, I told him, I go, oh yeah, Michelle Williams is in it, and he goes, why? <laughs> like his first thing was like, why is she in this? And I was, it seems, it, to be honest, it seems like the perfect gig. Like you, you work for what three months, maybe if that, you know, if that, you make millions of dollars, right? And if you're already an established actor, you're probably getting a pretty good deal. Like, you know, you're getting a pretty good cut. It's not some bullshit thing unless it's a Marvel movie because they don't pay people. <laughs> but <laughs> no, they do um, now. But that's that's because uh, 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 Paul Metter is not involved anymore. So they're actually doing better oh, than, that's they, than that's they used good. to. Um, but like. I just um, for a while, Marvel Marvel reminded me of like Instagram people like, well, no, I, you'll get exposure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the act, actors have always done that, though, though, they they do the big roles to to bankroll some money and then they can they can fuck around and do the things that they're actually passionate about. Well, That's why um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola had um, that Xenotrope 
company, his own little production company. And the reason he did the Godfather movies was to take that money and put it into Zonotrope. And, yeah. You know, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of people do, unless you're George Lucas that takes a small movie and then makes it and then becomes a, oh. the exact thing that you bash about. Right. Um, but, I don't want ever hear him complain about anything. To yeah. Be yeah. Honest. Well, the big um, studio culture, it's like, shut up. You're a studio culture now, dude. <laughs> you created the culture. <laughs> you're, uh, you're Anakin basically in this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of Nick Cage, I actually saw that movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, it's a mouthful to try to get that out, but um, I saw it, and it's Nicolas Cage and um, Pedro Pascal. So I was like, going, ooh, I like both of these guys, so this should be interesting. And basically what it is is um, this uh, president, I think, of, of Spain or something like that, the daughter of this presidential candidate in Spain gets kidnapped. And then like that's, and the, the last thing they're watching when she gets kidnapped is watching Nicolas Cage and Con Air. And um, her boyfriend's like, this is like the greatest actor ever, you know? And, and um, then it gets kidnapped and then they cut away. And then it's Nick Cage and he's just trying to make things happen. Like he's, you know, oh yeah, you know, he's, he's trying to, he used, he's playing, basically playing the used to be a movie star. And yeah. he's trying to do, you know, a lot of work and stuff like that. Neil Patrick Harris plays his agent. And um, he thinks he's trying to get this one role. And, and he, they're like going, yeah, you know, this will make, you know, bring him back and stuff like that. And then he has an alter ego, Nikki, which is basically Nick Coppola, which is his real name. So it's basically, you know, him pre-Nick Cage. And um, it's funny because the way his hair is, he's got these sideburns that kind of look like now, but his hair looks like the way he looked in Raising Arizona. Um, <laughs> and it, it's kind of cool because he plays this, what the fuck? You're Nicholas fucking Cage. Why are you doing this shit? You know? And um, so he thinks that this is going to be the movie, but then he finds out the production is going a different direction. So he needs, he needs money. So he ends up for a million dollars. He goes to, goes to visit this wine, uh, this wine baron in um, Portugal, I think, or, or Spain or something like that. The location is beautiful. Like the villa and everything is beautiful. So he takes a million bucks, goes over there. And Pedro Pascal is the, the, the baron. And, you know, he's like a complete Nicolas Cage nut. Like he literally had, he literally spent, I can't remember how much they said in the movie, but he's got the two gold pistols from face off. Um, mm. Um, on a mannequin that has this outfit to look like Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage looks at him and goes I'll give you $40,000 for that and then <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Pedro Pascal goes I'm sorry it's not for sale um, but the whole reason he brought him there was because he wanted him to read his script and uh, maybe do this movie that um, and uh, but Nicolas Cage gets co-opted by the CIA because they think Pedro Pascal is the guy is a drug lord who kid who kidnapped uh, the girl. So they want him to try to find out and try to find this girl. So he kind of becomes a secret agent. It's actually it's a really entertaining movie, and it's it's hilarious because it's Nick Cage just being overly Nick Cage, and it's he's being the the caricature of himself, right? What everybody kind of perceives him to be, and it's 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 actually pretty fucking entertaining. I laughed my ass off watching it, just like just being very kind of thrilled. And Pedro Pascal 
is such a, you know, I mean, yeah, everybody knows him under the mask as the Mandalorian, but I've watched him in a bunch of other movies and I've always really liked him because he's one of those, no matter what kind of character, even the bad guy in, um, in Wonder Woman 1984, you still like him because he has that charisma that makes you like him. So I've always been a big fan of his. And, um, so for those of you out there, if you just want a cool night of like Nick Cage, you know, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun movie to watch. I, I really got, I really enjoyed that one. It, it really kind of, I was going through kind of a, like a, a mental thing and then I turned it on and actually kind of kicked me out of it. I was actually enjoying myself watching that. Yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't heard anything bad about it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun kind of a modern, like a medium budget kind of actiony kind of movie. Got a hundred percent on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, ladies and gentlemen. Wow! Not that that really means anything. Oh, it doesn't. It, I guess it did. It has a eighty-seven audience, eighty-six um, critic, which is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, I I give two fucking shits about what critics think of movies. I think it's. I honestly think it's hilarious that anyone can call themselves a professional movie critic, like. <laughs> That doesn't. I, I'm a professional movie critic. Like, wait, you watched a lot of movies? Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do go to Rotten Tomatoes for the audience score because it's just average people. Like, what's the word on the street? I'll still watch it if I want to watch it, but I'm always just curious. Yeah, I always I, find it weird when people are like, "Oh, I was gonna go see a movie, but I saw that the the um the reviews weren't good," and I'm like, "Why do you care?" If any, like, if anything, if the reviews aren't very good. I'll still go see the movie, but my expectations might be a little lower, you know. But the thing is, is that nowadays I really don't go into movies with high expectations. Um, I kind of just go. I, I think with me too, I only go to the theater when it's a sure thing. It's too expensive. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't take risks at the theater. <laughs> like I'll go to movies that I know I'm going to enjoy, and even then, most of the time, I'm just waiting for them to come out anyway. There are three things I don't do in in my life. Um, I don't accept open uh, open uh, liquor bottles from people I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get into cars with strange people, and I don't go to the movies unless it's a sure thing. So, that's so the, right. the, the three things in life that you need to get through—that's <laughs> that's it. All right you there. Need. That's all you need. <laughs> speaking speaking of seeing things, I wanted to throw this in here real quick. Um, I rewatched the my, probably my favorite HBO miniseries, um, John, John Adams. Adams. Yeah. Love that fucking series, Paul Giamatti. Everything's perfect. It's not just him. Everybody in that in that show is perfect. Um, and I was like, yeah, man, this is cool. And then fucking, uh, I've, I think this is the third or fourth time I've watched it, and each time it's like I haven't watched it. <laughs> like that's how good it is. Like it's it's not boring or anything. But whatever. If you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. You, you turn around, um, like it like scenes that you've seen a million times. Damn. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know I'm from Massachusetts. I know the history of John Adams. It's like watching the Titanic. You know what's going to happen, you know. Um, but I, it made me – I think I knew this before, but I probably forgot. He's the only founding father that doesn't have a monument. Um, and I was like, why? And then they had um, – one was approved um, in 2001, but – they have to appoint people to the committee to fund it. And I guess they're waiting for Pelosi. Like she doesn't, she isn't appointing anybody. She's the current one that isn't appointing anybody. 
Oh, and I'm God. like, why not? What the fuck? My man Adams don't deserve fucking. Well, I mean, he, he, he made one mistake, and y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, to think about it, you know, for John Adams, I think you would have figured they would have, you know, people like, you know, I don't know, like Tom Brady, one of the Wahlberg brothers, you know, um, <laughs> Bill Burr, you know, that's right. You know, I might throw a couple bucks in. Leon Lush, you know, you know he, you know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know. Um, and I was reading. Somebody was saying on reddit you know of course it's probably not getting funded because he's a traitor to the constitution and i go oh my god this fucking shit because they for those that don't know i don't remember exactly what it's called but back when um there was it was kind of reminiscent of today but there was a lot of misinformation going around in the papers back then what you don't say (laughs) i know and he felt that this was this was a time that you know that was a time that America needed to be unified because they were still fighting the British, kind of, you know, or they're trying to get all the states together. Mm-hmm. Um, so he signed a, a pretty horrible law um, where you could basically get arrested for um, spreading things that were anti-government. <laughs> you know, it, that, it, the that, wording that was aged weird. well, that aged well. Now, it was never enforced. No one was ever arrested. And the papers did whatever the fuck they wanted. But it was like it's his one black mark, and I'm like, I don't think there people are spitting on John Adams because he did that one thing wrong. I mean, fucking Jefferson had slaves, and people stroke it to him all the time. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's not like he's Bill Cosby or something, you know. It's like exactly. <laughs> he was one of the most like honorable fucking founding fight. He never he refused to own slaves. All he wanted to do was work on that damn farm. He like did his shit, and then he's like, I'm going back to Peacefield, bro. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> but with, but within context, wasn't he kind of always obsessed with like his press? He was vain. Yeah. So his and they really show that in the in the show. And I like that they show that because he's human, you know, but one thing he was very worried about um legacy and um and what people thought about him. And there's there's a lot of moments in the show where um this is also historically true. His wife is there when his it, you'll notice in times when his wife is not around him, like when he went to France to um, he went without her to do um, to get the French to help fight us, fight the British. Um, he he slowly gets angrier and bitter and, and just like he starts making rash decisions and he'll he'll he's he's quick to anger. Like he's a, he's a typical Bostonian. Like he's just quick to get pissed off, you know. And um, his wife was always the one that kind of tempered him, like, calm down, yeah. you know, because uh, it's it's really cool they threw that in there because she's amazing in her own right. Like, and, and it's cool because um, a lot of the lines they're telling each other in the show are actually quotes from the letters that uh, they wrote to each other because he's pretty famous for his letters that he wrote to Jefferson and because him and Jefferson were like best friends for a while and then the ones he wrote to his wife and stuff like that. But yes, he was. He he. Was I thought a, it was kind of interesting though when he fucked up the letters and he sent the sultry ones for his wife to Jefferson. I thought that was a little. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you know, and, we don't speak about that. But but the real thing that tricked me out was when Jefferson wrote back. I was like, damn, okay, okay. Well, then you find out too. Um, so John Adams and Jefferson were best friends, um, but then they started to differ politically. Um, where Jefferson was very anti big government. He wanted a weak government. 
and just almost like a libertarian kind yeah. of uh, nowadays, although the political parties were very different back then. And Adams was very pro um, the way the government is now, a strong federal government. So they would, you know, but back then it wasn't like, oh, you think different po- with politics, so I hate you. You know, it wasn't that way. They would, they would, you know, whatever. But then Adams didn't know this until like after he he wasn't reelected for president. But Jefferson had been defaming him and like going behind his back and and stirring the pot and making sure people didn't like him under like a pen name or something. And um, John Adams being the stubborn, (laughs) vain human being that he is, didn't speak to him for like decades. And then they started talking again when he got older. I'm but, surprised. Um, he, I'm surprised he didn't show up with like a baseball bat and a, cute, a, a few guys from the block. You know, a show was like for real. <laughs> it was. It was so sad because like in the show, he just looks so fucking hurt. It's like when your best homie's talking shit behind your back, yeah. and you find out about it. Bro. That's happened to me in real life, and it's not, not even real Steve, shit. Obviously, it's, it's not. Not. It's like not even real shit. Like shit. You know, just like shit. Just you made dumb up. petty shit. Yeah. You know, and you just like, God, it hurts. Man. You feel betrayed, you know. But yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I've actually started reading um, the biogra- biography that that show was based off of. Mm. Um, it's Pulitzer Prize winning biography. And I like the way he does it. The author does it because uh, it's it's like a story, like mm. the show. He'll just, he's, you're like, two men, two men are traveling. Like he, he's telling a narrative, but then he'll stop every once in a while and fill in the gaps and tell you what happened and shit. It's really interesting yeah. way of writing a biography. There was a, um, uh, there's an, there's another biography that, well, it, a historical biography, I guess you could say, but it's, it's called, um, 1865, I think it's 1865 or 1864. No, I think it's 1864. Uh, the month that saved America. And it's a civil war, um, thing. And it talks about everything that happened during the month of April. Mm-hmm. in that year and how all these different things and how all these different thoughts changed the way the war could have gone and um i mean obviously it starts a little bit before then and but the way they tell the story is uh the way the author tells the story is actually the same way kind of like a narrative and then yeah. fills in a little bit of like well you know historically this that and the other thing and then it, it but it's so seamless that you kind of don't even really notice well what, the thing that i like about and we'll we'll move on from this after this, but um, David McCulloch or whatever was the author. Um, <laughs> he he fleshes he fleshes Adams out because w- one thing that Americans love to do is they turn the founding fathers into fucking superheroes that did right. nothing wrong and they were perfect human beings and that's that's not the case. Well, John you know? Adams John Adams' weakness was pink kryptonite. You know. That's right. <laughs> he he couldn't fly if you, if he saw it. Um, but while these people were definitely flawed individuals, like any human being, they were pretty fucking amazing. Like for what they were doing, and you know, and stuff like that. So it's 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 giving credit, but then also bringing them back down to earth, which I think is important because, like, if you make someone so unobtainable. It, you can't relate to them at all. Well, that's that's you know? kind of the thing that I've always I've always laughed at when somebody goes, "Oh yeah, they did a 
a movie, a biographical movie about this legendary person. And, but they're showing the flaws and they're showing the things. And then you get like these groups of people that are like, you're not a patriot. You hate America because you're making him human. It's like they were human, you know? It just, it just strikes me as always being like, no, it's fleshing them out. It's, it's making them more human because we have them in it. And it, it, we kind of have that Jesus complex, you know, where it's like, this is the story told to us by God and it's been ordained as, you know, gospel. So, you know, it's like, you know, and on the other, on the other side, you have people who, um, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, they're like, Oh, he, um, he was a piece of shit. So he was know. a piece of shit. Cause he made one mistake. And like the people who, with that thing that he signed in the right. into the thing that was dumb. Um, it's like, okay, we're, we're not going to erase, all the accomplishments that he made because of one misstep. Like, let's calm down, you right. know, um, unless that misstep is like, you Committed know, mass murder or something, something crazy or you know, something like that. Wasn't it Jackson that did the trail of tears? Yeah. I don't think that gets talked about enough. No, we, we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't overlook that. Yeah. We never forgive. Or forget, okay. <laughs> and also like, you know, people that regard Roosevelt as da 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 da, you know, like, Oh, the greatest president, whatever. It's like, yeah, you might want to ask some of the Japanese about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a bad man can do good things and a good man can do bad things. Actually, they will in both cases. It's guaranteed. You know, so like I said, that's just what I like that they fleshed him out. And even though even fleshed out, he's the fucking shit. (laughs) And it's but it's kind of funny because he kind of he himself said that he was going to be forgotten and that people are just going to think that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson single-handedly did everything. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Batman and Robin right there. Right. And then it, it, it isn't like that anymore. He, they're Batman so and Robin much. and he's like calendar man, you know, it's yeah. that kind of, that kind of thing. Still most people, even if they know who John Adams is they they usually only know he was the second president. Yeah. They don't really know anything about him or they know, you know it's a shame or they know him as paul giamatti yeah which <laughs> you know what not an insult <laughs> exactly. tell you right now paul giamatti is the shit you know okay paul giamatti is like to me paul giamatti and stanley tucci are two of the same you give them the right script or, and john turturro john turturro is also another yeah, one. yeah you give them the right script they'll fucking knock it out of the part um there's a movie that john turturro our series john turturro did for hbo called uh um, the night of and he played i think one of these like low level like public defender or kind of a- attorney kind of things knocked it out of the park well written they just all knock it out of the park you give him something that they can chew the scenery on oh my god they will chew the fucking scenery like john Turturro in the transformers movies uh you know um oh uh stanley tucci and well he was in a transformer movie and like the, in every movie the, the devil wears prada and stuff like that, which i just yeah. saw recently and as much as i was like going oh man he's hamming it up i liked him. i still liked him and paul giamatti remember the rhino <laughs> you know yeah. but you know what it's because that fits yeah the character you know what i mean and i think like Joe, i, I, fought, a, I was... fought a russian guy in a rhino suit once <laughs> yeah <laughs> paul giamatti was so good as john adams i can't see anyone else being an actual person you know what i mean <laughs> well, like it's, it's, that's crazy it's me. the same thing with daniel day lewis as, as lincoln 
Absolutely. You know, you're just kind of like that same level of quality. And I know that might piss people off because I know people really fucking love Daniel Day Lewis. But the the level of fucking quality is 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 immense. You know, it's just it's intense. If we'll end the, right now because this wasn't even on the show notes. I just kind of remembered. <laughs> but um, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. And it's seven episodes. I think each episode is like a little over an hour. Yeah. But I got to pull my um, box set out. Somebody gave me that as a as a gift of the box oh, set really? of it. Yeah, I got to pull that out and watch it. That and Band of Brothers. I, I it's like on uh, Band of Brothers classic. I love that. It's show. on um, HBO. Yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of one mistake, one misstep. So Will Smith apologized this week. <laughs> you know, I found it wasn't a direct, and we'll get into it later. But it wasn't a direct. Um, response but chris rock said some shit at a comedy special that pretty much was a response and it it was exactly how i felt on the matter but go ahead and talk about the uh the this glorious youtube <laughs> apology that was that was put out uh, there's people are on both sides of the fence on this one um so will smith took to youtube as one does um right. and as leon lush said oh he did the <clears throat> This the sigh before he started, you know that that he goes, you know we've seen it when Logan Paul did it, and we see that I thought that was pretty funny where he's like he did the sigh, oh my god, this is a professional we're dealing with. That's right. Uh, um, and he sat down and basically apologized to Chris, saying about you know that uh, you know what he did was was uncalled for. It was you know basically. Just basically him saying, like, look, I, I fucked up. But he also apologized to um, Questlove because he kind of stepped over his moment <laughs> uh, when he because it happened right when he was about to get the Oscar. Yeah. And then he apologized to his so Questlove basically just came on afterwards and was kind of like, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he basically came up, and goes, so nobody's going to listen to this. Uh, yeah, we're all going to look at what happened before. So thanks. And then bailed. Um, and then, you know, and then uh, apologized to all his other nominees and stuff like that. And then took a couple of questions um, about it. And um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he he basically said, you know, like, you know, did you think about it when you went up on stage? He's like, I was in a fog and, um, you know, and all that. Now, the both sides of this comment are. You know, well, Will Smith made a mistake, you know, and, you know, it it was it wasn't a, a, you know, it was bad. But, you know, he's done so much else. And others are like going are looking at him like, going, dude, you've you went up and slapped your wife didn't even defend you like <laughs> she never does, though. Yeah. So that was on brand. Yeah. So it was like going and you have a wife and like Leon Lush said, he goes, you you hit a wife who's basically cucked you, you know, yeah. and. And to me, it's just kind of like, you know, and they've said they've had an open marriage, but I think she's the one that had the open marriage and not him. Isn't um, that how open marriages usually are? One person just pushed for it and the other person gave up. That's yeah. usually how I've always seen it. Yeah, that's, that's I, I know one of my good friends did that, too. And that's basically what happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it, it, it's it's interesting with that. And I'm just like, why are you fighting? Like my question that came away was, why are you fighting so hard for this woman that clearly doesn't give a fuck? Yeah, and he went into like, um, the, one of his 
something what did he call it trauma response or I don't yeah know, something like that like a newfangled language people use um it's that new woke this, language you know yeah that, <laughs> he um he doesn't like to disappoint people yeah and he said that he said that before like decades ago he he said that so he's a people pleaser you know okay well, you well, got as many people I, didn't his, the shit out of chris rock but didn't he uh didn't uh didn't his father abandon him like when yes. he was so that which is why he puts up with a lot of shit. I mean, we're psychoanalyzing someone we don't know now, but but still, it's kind of it's a girl, lot of the it's, a, it's the same thing as girls with daddy issues, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he even did an episode that was the, the, the reason why he was crying so hard is because it was real. Yeah. Um. But so Chris Rock um hasn't made a direct, and he even said in the apology, oh yeah, Chris in the Rock apology he said Chris Rock him. is like I don't want to talk to you right now. Yeah, and he said that his people said. When he wants to talk to you, he'll reach out to you. Um, so Chris Rock was at the comedy special that he was doing. Um, and he said, not comedy special, it's like a comedy show that he was doing. And um, he started with making a message that everybody is trying to be a fucking victim. He said, if everybody claims to be a victim, then nobody will hear the real victims. Even me getting smacked by Suge Smith. Just <laughs> 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 a reference to Suge Knight, Death Row Records co-founder. Um, who is currently serving 28 year sentence for killing a man. I, I always forget he was in jail because he's so fucking insignificant to me. Yeah. I don't care. But people talk about him like he's the boogeyman. Um, he said, I went to work the next day. I got kids. He says, anyone who says words hurt um, has never been punched in the face. Um, and then he started talking about cancel culture and stuff like that. Um, my th- my whole thing on this and it's it, who cares right you know but if i if i have hit someone before when they didn't deserve it got got a little heated and i escalated the situation i didn't do it on live tv at the fucking oscars right but i did it at a, a little get together there's a lot of people around you know blah 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 this is when i was very young and um the way i handled it was a few day like I think two days after um, I took the guy out for a meal, you know, um, and then I made sure I apologized, shook his hand, made sure we were straight. And then I also reiterated that apology at a public get together in front of those same people showing that I'm the one that fucked up. I didn't make it about me. That's what bothers me about this apology is that, I don't think Will Smith's a horrible person because he did this thing. Because like I said, I've done the same thing. <laughs> it's just bigger because he, he's bigger than me. So he's and, more important than me. You yeah, know? and he also but did it in front of like over a million people. You right. Know? <laughs> you know, so it's obviously a bigger stage, you know. Um, there's a but, fuck up and then there's a fuck up. <laughs> right. He, he had a lot more riding on it. Right. You know. But my thing is, don't come on and make a YouTube video. If Chris Rock doesn't want to talk to you, shut the fuck up until you speak to him. Don't make a YouTube video and then say, oh, my number one trauma. No one cares. Yeah, You're the one that fucked up. Don't come on here. He's like, oh, you know, I just, it was so hard for me. Fuck off. No one cares. Yeah. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't think he's a horrible person. I think he's, you know, he's made some great movies, yada, yada, yada. 
you know, I wouldn't write a man off just because he made a mistake like this, unless he's continually, continuously <laughs> doing it. But um, he murdered you know, six children. You know, I have this problem where I just, you know, I, I feel like I need to please people. And you know, it's like uh, right. you didn't want to please Chris Rock. I yeah. that much right now. But but, but um, also just kind of calling him out, like saying like, oh, know. he's like, I guess he'll speak to me when he, you know, yeah, what he wants. It's like you're you're being an asshole again. Yeah. Like, I don't think he knows he's doing it. Because the problem is, is most of these big actors are so fucking self-absorbed. They don't, I don't even know if they realize it, you know, but this, the apology should be about the person who you are apologizing to. Right. Not because he's some grand victim. Chris Rock doesn't even think he's a victim. He just got smacked, man. It is what it is. These yeah. are old heads. But Will Smith ain't acting like an old head. But That's see, the problem. And see, the thing is, is that people are, pro- are assuming, and I'm just assuming on this you know like oh chris rock is still pissed at him because it's like no he's one of those people that probably like okay i did this you hit me you apologize cool i'm just going to keep myself out of the situation Chris rock also said he said at that same show because they were asking him he goes i'm not going to talk about it unless somebody's going to pay me <laughs> and i don't i get it you know yeah. I, i'm i'm going to spin it you know because and maybe who knows maybe chris rock doesn't want to talk about it publicly too much because they haven't spoken with each other yet. Right. You know, and that would be me. Like, I'm not even going to bring it up. And, and uh, I saw someone in the comments was like, well, he has to bring it up because people keep um, talking about him. I'm like, so he's the one that fucked up. He can eat that. Yeah. Until the, until it is solved with two men get together, shake hands and they, because I don't think Chris Rock's going to hate him forever. They're not schoolyard kids. You know, it's, it's, he'd be like, okay, cool. We're straight. You know, it's just like, it's just stupid to me. It's just, it, the way he did it was dumb. Yeah. It was like a cry for help. It's like, you you weren't the victim, were you? I mean, maybe let me go check the tape real quick. Yeah, because it's Chris kind of, Rock slap you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's basically, it is turning into, oh, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. And it's kind of like, you, he made a joke, you had a choice. You're, right, and I know, I know it's not very progressive of me, but I don't like... There are victims in the world, of course, but I don't like when people make themselves a victim for nothing. Particularly people that do something and then say like, well, right. I had no control because of this. Right. And that's a defense that pretty much got started with lawyers where lo- where people were, oh, well, they killed five children. Oh, but they had a parent that slapped them a lot. So they yeah. really aren't responsible for okay, this. Like, Freud. Yeah, it's you like know. going, wait a minute. You know, I've been slapped always, a bunch of times. that I made a mistake, but... Right. No but, homie, yeah. you made a mistake. Right. Like, you fucked up. You know, just... And to me, it's it's the the adult thing. And I know, again, this isn't very progressive. This is the way I was raised. But, like, it's, it's real man shit to apologize when you fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not dance around and... You know, be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I have trauma. No one get, we all do. Yeah, homie. You know, calm down. I mean, I hit someone. Was it a mistake? I mean, she did spill some of my soda, so you know. <laughs> I hit someone. He thinks it's a mistake, but you know. <laughs> no. It, back in the day, it was um, we were we were hanging out real quick. It's it's a stupid. It's very generic story, but we were hanging out and um. I had been drinking a little bit, drinking some whiskey too. And um, he said, my girlfriend at the time was called him a fucking asshole in public. She she was out of line. 
but I was like, this is my girl, you know, and I was yeah. like I said, been drinking. And he said, well, I thought she was out of line. And he just wouldn't agree with me. And for some reason, I just got up and punched him in the mouth. <laughs> so I was like completely out of fucking line, you know, and I was a lot bigger than the dude. So he just left. <laughs> um, so I apologize. You know, you fuck up, you fuck up. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so I was like, you know, like, all right, you know, you want to try to spin this to make yourself seem like, you know, I'm not the bad guy. I'm still the nice, you know, parents just don't understand guy. You know, it's like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> this gives something for Jada to talk about on our next podcast. Right. Exactly. So she likes to make fun of her if husband. You, if so. you really want to like, you know, and okay, maybe you felt you ran away from your first marriage when it got rocky or whatever. This isn't the way to overcome. You're overcompensating for that by staying with Jada. It's like, you know, you know, the, the woman has no respect for you. I remember when she was first making fun of him on the podcast thing. And, and I asked my, my wife, I was like, what's your, what's your opinion? She goes, what wife makes fun of their husband publicly? You just make yourself look stupid. It's like, cause you're choosing to be with that person. If you think they're so pathetic, why are you with them? Yeah. <laughs> and I go, yeah. Cause let's For be, let's, content, I guess. Yeah. But let's be honest. I mean, she, I mean, obviously he's the moneymaker in that situation. So, yeah. you know, hasn't, hasn't that always been her thing though? Hasn't Jada always been the playing second fiddle to whoever she's dating yeah for her high profile um relationships you know it's whatever i don't like jada pinkett and that's pretty big to me i usually don't give a fuck about any celebrities but like every time i see her i'm like oh god i don't like her because she plays the same character all the time she has no charisma she has no personality she always comes up as being an annoying you know an annoying person uh what movie was it that she was in she was in a movie Oh my god, I can't remember what movie it was. But she was in a movie. She played like below the co-star. Like she was like the law enforcement that was chasing down some guy. Can't remember what movie it was. And I was like, oh God, I didn't know she was in this. And I watched it. She gets killed partway through the movie. And I was like, yes, all right, I'm cool. You know, like that's how much I don't like her in the film. I don't wish her death in real life. Okay. Um, she was in that movie with Tupac, and Tupac was better than she was. And he's not even an actor. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I remember seeing that when I was younger going, man, Tupac actually killing it right now. I don't know who this chick is. Bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, moving on from that. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out, if you're like me and you like watching behind the scenes stuff, you're into films and stuff like that. And you like watching behind the scenes stuff. There's a new doc out called light and magic and it's basically disney plus's six-part series on the creation of industrial light and magic and it's an amazingly good documentary like it really goes into this is the shit we had to create to make star wars happen um this is the 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 fundamental stuff that we did that uh you know oh and how this blue screen works is we do this, we put this, we put this, and then we smash these three, you know, these three sets of film together, and that's where you get this. And it, it took you from like obviously the beginning when George started working, you know, basically into the, you know, George Lucas into his ideas and stuff like that, and uh, takes you all the way up to basically just when industrial light and magic started to become a corporation. Because originally, and I never really understood this. 
Um, but industrial light magic was only going to be used for the Star Wars movies. Mm. And in order for them to uh, keep everybody employed and stuff like that, he started doing, he allowed his buddies to come in and do their post-production work with ILM. So it was, you know, Ron Howard and uh, Robert Zemeckis and, you know, Steven Spielberg, obviously. And it was really cool. And it really goes from the creation of using stop motion and models all the way up to where CGI started to really kind of take control and um, the uh, and all of that. And I, I thought it was actually a really, really cool documentary. Each episode is only like maybe about an hour-ish long. I binged it over two nights. And the cool thing is Disney released it all at once. They didn't do weekly. They just released it all at once. So I watched like the first three episodes and then the last three episodes the next day. And it was a really cool documentary. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm into that kind of shit. Um, And I thought it was really well done. And they talked to everybody that was, you know, Dennis Murin and all the people that were John Nolan, all these people that are the visual effects guys and and all of that. So it was really, and um, you had like James Cameron talking about it and JJ Abrams and Spielberg and, you know, Zemeckis and all these people. And uh, it was really cool. Like the guy, I didn't even realize that Joe Johnston, who directed movies like, um, uh, shit, what did he direct? Well, most, most people will know like Captain America, the first Avenger. And he directed a couple of movies before that. He actually worked at ILM before um, he started with George Lucas in Star Wars. And then partway through, like I think after Jedi, he told him, and he used to do storyboard artwork and stuff like that. And he told George that he's like, you know, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I'm not. And he's like, well, what, you know, and he goes, and George sat me down and he was like, well, what are you going to do? And he goes, I don't know. I just, I don't want to, I think I'm just done doing this. And he said that George looked at him and goes, well, have you thought about going back to school? And he's like, no. And he goes, why? And he goes, look. I have, I can pull some strings and I can get you into UC, USC film school. I'll pay for you. I'll pay for your tuition. I'll cover it and just do it and just, you know, try it. And then that's how he ended up becoming a director and stuff like that was because, and I, I was thinking like, God damn, dude, like you have a boss that's like, that like, no, you try this. I, you know, you can do this and you try it. And, and then now he's a, you know, he's a, a respected director. So it was really cool to see kind of that, um, to see that kind of whole thing kind of play out. And they did take their time with it. They didn't rush through a lot of stuff. They did kind of rush through the end, but they really kind of stopped it where it, it hit CG, like Jurassic Park, and then kind of how CG took over after that and um, and um, thing and stuff like that. So I, I thought it was a really, really cool documentary. Um, if, you, if you haven't checked, if you haven't watched it and you like seeing how that stuff is done and just kind of, how these people they said these people weren't even in the business these were people that used to, that were like in clubs and used to do little stop motion and stuff like that and then george lucas hired one guy and then he knew these other people who knew other people and they just started bringing all these randos in and because they never worked in the business they didn't know what they could not do so when they got to they created shit yeah. and um so it was really really cool on how they did it and and stuff like that. So I, I really found it really enjoyable. It was, it was, it's was been a very long time since I saw something movie related like that, that I really got to enjoy. And it was, it was something. Uh, and if you, if you have Disney plus or other alternatives, um, definitely check it out. I think it's, it's, it's worth your time. Um, yeah. 
And lastly, this week, um, so MGM loses the rights to Tomb Raider. Yeah, I wonder who's going to pick that up. I don't know. It started a bidding war from what I've heard. So, like, everybody's fighting for... I would love to see a Tomb Raider movie based off them games, bro. Well, that one that they did with, um, you know, with uh, Alicia... What's her name? Vikander. That film kind of was kind of based off the first game. You know what's funny is I've never seen that movie. It actually wasn't bad. I, liked- I completely forgot about that movie. Yeah, and and that movie actually there were a lot of shots. Remember, remember in the video game when the the ship, you know, when the ship gets hit and like it's mm-hmm. it's seeing stuff like that. Like that's in the movie, and then her ending up on an island and stuff like that. Like that's all kind of in the movie. So they did kind of a variation of that, which was I was pleased with, and I, I definitely enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I, I really kind of wish they did more with that. Well, but- they just announced. Laura Croft or uh, Tomb Raider 2. I see it in her IMDb. Well, yeah, but she's, yeah, but this. But we'll see because if they lost the rights, who knows what's happening with that. Yeah, because apparently they said that now that the rights are gone, anything that was kind of in production or whatever is done. Yeah. Like, so whoever takes it over is definitely going to probably reboot it, you know, so. Um, they should get, um, if they don't get this girl, they should get the girl who did this, the, the mocap for fucking um the game the game like she looks just like her it's fucking crazy <laughs> i say mocap i know it's not mocap anymore but i'm just gonna keep saying mocap um well i mean it's yeah, still motion capture yeah this alicia alicia one she was the one that was played the robot too in um yeah ex machina yeah that was a good movie um ex machina it was kind of a trip but yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens now. Like who gets it, and then just how much more that they ruin it. Because aside, I mean, the the ones with Angelina Jolie were very much typical game. They were what you would have saw in that era for something based on a video game. Yeah. I think I thought they were good. They wouldn't hold up today, but I thought they were good when they came out. Like they were fun. There's a video game character. We weren't expecting much, <laughs> <laughs> especially with the Tomb Raider games, because you got to think the Tomb Raider games back then were not the ones we have now. Yeah, they were silly. You know. And what was the uh, what was that meme where it had um, the the pixelated tits from um, the PS One, and then it had the one from like the video games, and then it was like the uh, Hubble telescope, and then the <laughs> <laughs> and then uh whatever the new one was the <laughs> yeah the james webb right <laughs> that shit was funny i saw that i was like, like nice like, I, I i dig that one i can i can work with that one <laughs> yeah but it, it will be interesting to see it's not every day that you see a um a somewhat big uh franchise kind of just go on the fucking block to be purchased yeah because um, that movie came out mgm just said fuck it well, I but, think because weren't they bought by Amazon? I think uh, I thought they got bought out I by Amazon. Care. So, you know, that could have been a big reason why. Jeez, I feel you know what? I kind of feel bad. Not for Amazon as a whole, but for whoever makes that Lord of the Rings show. Because like Amazon. No, I know Amazon funds it, but I mean the people that are making it, like the human beings that are behind making it. Um, I don't think Bezos is down there fucking directing the film. 
but well, um, he can't because he's in space too much that he can't. That's uh, right. He's too busy. <laughs> um, the the show doesn't look too bad from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically similar similarian or whatever. Um, but people are just fucking nitpicking the fuck out of this thing. Like people are already giving reviews and shit. I'm like, well, the first episode hasn't even come out. <laughs> Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, can we have one fan base that I am a part of that isn't toxic as fuck? Oh, Just yeah. one. You know, I thought Lord of the Rings was going to was going to be that one. But nope, these motherfuckers are going crazy. Nope. Yeah, not going to happen. Every single family has that fucking small but loud minority of people that just can't shut the fuck up. You know, but yeah. whatever. I'm act- I'm not like I- I'm not overly excited for the show, but I'm interested to watch it. I'll see it, you know, but um, it doesn't look bad that bad to me. <laughs> they were they were zooming in on some chicks um, armpit saying that the ar- the armor in that location didn't look good. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, y'all <laughs> go outside. All right. Like, seriously, it's not that fucking serious. If guys. you're not in a drought state. Go outside, see a patch of grass, step on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just Jesus. And it's supposed to be like the most, what would they say, the most expensive show ever made or something. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care how expensive it is. I just care how good it is. So mm-hmm. money doesn't equal six, like good. Just look at Green Lantern. Look how much money uh, they, yeah, they, dump, they, they dump dumped money a lot that. of money into that. And yeah, I've seen that movie twice. The Green Lantern movie. And I laughed most of the time just because it was silly. <laughs> it just the movie was silly. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds was good in it. Yeah. And everyone was like, well, he he didn't play a real Hal, jo- Hal Jordan because he was whiny most of the time. Like, yeah, That's like Hal, Hal Jordan. Jordan. That's Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan was a fucking bitch. He's not anymore. But in the beginning, oh, my guy would stop fucking complaining. Like, oh, I was chosen to be one of the most powerful beings in the universe. Well, like, shut the fuck up. I remember that's why I stopped reading Hal Jordan a long time ago was because he just was so fucking whiny. 90s Hal Jordan was the worst, dude. Yeah. He was such a bitch. Like, I was like, dude, I couldn't I couldn't read it. And I liked the Green Lantern Corps. But that was one of the reasons why, as an adult, people would ask me about Green Lantern. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on with Green Lantern. But then, I, then the only Green Lantern I was I was cool with was um, was Johns in fucking the cartoon. Oh yeah, John. He Stewart. was the shit, dude. I fuck with that one, but um, <laughs> and the other one's a fucking lunatic, the redheaded one. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. Now we're talking about Green Lantern and in, in our new podcast about the Green Lantern Corps. <laughs> it's yeah. Check out the Lazy Geese. Hal Jordan's a whiny bitch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No. (laughs) (laughs) Never wrong. Thanks for tuning in. We have no ads, so we can be editorially independent. And we can only do that with your support. So if you'd like to donate to make this podcast and all the other shows on the Lazy Geeks Network self-sustaining, you can go to thelazygeeks.com and click on that donate button. If you can't help us out monetarily, you can share the show with your friends. Rate the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can. This will give us bigger exposure. All of this helps. Trust me. Never trust somebody who says, trust me. (laughs) 
And you can check out all the other shows on the Lazy Geeks Network, The Away Team, which is our Star Trek-centric podcast. We recap each episode of Trek in canonical order with a bit of a twist. And you can find it pretty much wherever you found this one. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up with comments, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Catch us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under at the Lazy Geeks, or email us, themailbag at thelazygeeks.com. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. And we're thinking, so you don't have to.